You're listening to the 40s Project Podcast with no catchphrases, no cheesy quotes, just a couple of average country chicks keeping it real, raw and sometimes risque. It's official, America has gone mad, Melissa. In more ways than one. Uh, well, we've been getting all hot and sweaty thinking about our impending menopausal <laughs> years. I think I'm in them, but anyway. <laughs> I think that's the wine, love. <laughs> There's been so much happening around the globe. Abortion could become illegal in nearly half of the US states. You've been watching? I certainly have been watching. I'm shocked. There's so much to, there's so much to say. Mm. I don't know where to start. But um, So it was a leaked, a leaked document yes. that looks like, I think the final ruling is July, but there's a possibility that 36 million US women could lose the right to abortion um, if the Roe and Wade law is overturned. Now, you done a bit of research on Rowan Wade. I did. I was intrigued to know who was Roe. So Roe was a woman. Roe wasn't her name. Oh. She was Jane Roe. Um, her name so was... like Jane Doe, but they change it to, to Roe. Roe. Yeah. yeah. Unusual. Um, and so Wade was the prosecutor at the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's why it was Roe versus Wade. And I didn't realise her story before. Um, she ended up having her baby and adopting her out. So when she was sort of fighting for this she was pregnant at the time uh by the time the laws got passed clearly it took a long time and she'd had her child by then her real name is norma mccorvey and she ended up at the end being a stort anti-abortionist later in her life um it's kind of strange that the woman who started it all ended up not believing in what she wanted so i was a bit oh, intrigued so she was an anti-abortionist at the end oh, apparently wow. yeah so Jane Rowe, um, she was a plaintiff in the landmark in a, a 1973 case that legalised abortion in America. Uh, in the mid-1990s, uh, she made a public religious and political conversion. She was baptised on television in a backyard swimming pool. Ah. Um, she wore overalls and came out beaming. Kind of makes sense now. She declared her new mm-hmm. pro-life and spent the last two decades of her life crusading against the ruling her own case made possible. So she claims that she was used by the anti-abortion movement and was told what to say. Uh, in the end, Norma didn't have an abortion and she adopted her daughter out. Wow. Um, there's a doco and it's called AKA Jane Rowe. I'm actually oh. kind of keen to watch it and find out. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a story that I hadn't heard. No. I was... <laughs> Thinking, wow, what an amazing woman to have done yeah, that. Yeah, and, and look, I think she was, and away. I think the movement was there, and I think she obviously popped up at the right time, or I, I'm not quite sure about the circumstances around that, but clearly she was saying, well, hold on, I should have the right to terminate a pregnancy if I don't want it yeah. to be happening. I so. don't want to get into a religious rant, but a few months ago there were protests all over the world from people we got to know as anti vaxxers. Mm. And their main argument was freedom yep, and not being told what to do with their bodies. Yeah. And just yeah. just as you talk about Jane Rowe's story, it seems that same group of people are also rejoicing the fact that women's rights to make a decision on not only what they want to do with their bodies but also that they don't believe they can raise another body in their position are being taken away. And that's just the best description of hypocrisy I've ever heard. Would they let a 16-year-old girl adopt a child? No. And what would their reasoning be? Because she's not financially stable, she's just a child herself. Mm. But if she's raped or makes a poor choice to have unprotected sex, she must keep that baby. Can I, shall I read this? The, the, yes, I, the, do. 
It was written by Methodist pastor David Barnhart. I'm assuming it's credible. Even if he didn't write it, I like the words. The unborn are a convenient group of people to advocate for. They never make demands of you. They're morally uncomplicated. Unlike the incarcerated, addicted or the chronically poor. They don't resent your condescension or complain that you are not politically correct. Unlike widows, they don't ask you to question patriarchy. Unlike orphans, they don't need money, education or childcare. Unlike aliens, they don't bring in all that radical, cultural and religious baggage that you dislike. They allow you to feel good about yourself without any work at creating or maintaining relationships. And when they're born, you can forget about them because they cease to be unborn. You can love the unborn and advocate for them without substantially challenging your own wealth, power or privilege, without reimagining social structures, apologising or making reparations to anyone. They are, in short, the perfect people to love if you want to claim you love Jesus but actually dislike people who breathe. Prisoners, immigrants, the sick, the poor, widows, orphans, all the groups that are specifically mentioned in the Bible, they all get thrown under the bus for the unborn. So essentially what you're saying is that the unborn baby is just a beautiful thing. And apparently perfect. And if you're not born perfect, if you're born and you become part of the LBGTQI community, Mm -hmm. they're going to drop you like it's hot. Correct. And if America was pro-life, there's a few other laws that they might think about changing, yeah? Maybe the death penalty. Maybe Maybe they're gun laws. (laughs) They've lost hundreds and hundreds of people to shooting massacres but they've done absolutely nothing in the way of legislation to prevent that ever happening. And that is a law that makes me proud to be an Australian. Thanks, John Howard. But even though things are very different here in Australia, it's still a bit scary. It is. I mean, if it can happen in America, I think we're naive to think that it can't ever happen here. I mean, it was only last year in South Australia that abortion was decriminalised and and policy around this changed so that it is now in line with other states. Um, all that this law in the USA does is make disadvantaged women even more disadvantaged. The rich women, they'll just travel to another state in America yeah. that have... Uh, that they haven't put these laws in because it's essentially at the it's a federal law, but they've it's up to the states whether they implement it yeah, or not. That's right. And there's definitely and so they're I think they're expecting like half of the American states will take on this law and ban abortion immediately. So the rich women they're fine. They yeah. can jump on a plane and go wherever they want. But those already on the breadline have absolutely no hope. It's not. It's not even entirely easy thing for women to do here in Australia, um, especially for those in remote areas. There are limited clinics here in SA. Women have to have the means to travel, and sometimes in those cases, I mean, it can happen to anyone, but generally in those cases that's not always possible. Mm. Um, and because of the limited services, people, women have no choice but to wait quite a few weeks for an appointment, which makes the whole process even such harder. an ordeal. Yeah. And to top it off... Women are subjected to anti-abortion protesters as they enter that one clinic to endure a gut-wrenching yet bold life choice. And where are the men? Where are the men? Why aren't there castration laws for sexual abusers? (laughs) Why is this a women's problem? 
We've spoken about menopause, the multitude of reproductive cancers a woman's prone to and feminism. And why are women still having to stamp their feet to be heard? It is taken America if they take on this if this happens for them, they're taking Well they're going back fifty years in the rights of reproduction for women. And it's seen as a it needs to be seen as a medical thing, not so much a moralistic thing. That other people dictate. If you don't want to have a, an abortion, don't fucking have one. And but how even, dare you tell me that I can't just because you don't want one? And theirs comes down to epto- yes. So oh, the, the mother can die. Yes, <laughs> that child can be dead already and not have chance at life, but you still can't terminate. But the idea that abortion being banned is only about women isn't true. It's also a men's issue because guess what. You're now a dad. Guess who has to take responsibility? Well, hopefully take responsibility. Feed another mouth that maybe he didn't plan on either. I mean, if you're in a a situation where you're happily married, you've got five kids, you're really, it's hot, you know, and you've had an accident and you decide we just cannot, for the Mm. sake of our family, financially, emotionally, whatever, to go through with this pregnancy, stiff shit. You don't have that choice anymore. And well, the good men don't have that choice. The good men don't have that choice. No, but all right. men have the choice to walk away. True. And, you know, also then you now have to start paying maintenance. You have now shared custody. Perhaps now you need to fess up to your wife that you shagged your secretary. Have Now you've got living proof that you molested your daughter because now she's pregnant. Now you might have to support a severely disabled child. But these things aren't being legislated. There is nothing in these leaked documents from the Supreme Court that even mentions the responsibility that the man has in all of this, which proves in itself that this isn't about pro-life. This is simply about oppressing women. Women don't get pregnant by themselves. Shit, that was heavy. Yeah, it was, but, you know, it is a heavy subject. Mm. It's important. As is my smoke alarm. Battery, which <laughs> keeps beeping. <laughs> you change that. It's very annoying. But while we're bitching about America, <laughs> I feel like this whole televised Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial is just making a mockery out of a system we are still fighting so hard for. I don't get it. I'm I, I anyway. Carry it's on. It's everywhere. It is everywhere. I'm not going to choose a side because, well. Believe it or not, I don't actually know Amber Heard or Johnny Depp. Don't you? No, but I know they're both actors. Yes, true. Mm, so that plays a part in me, you know, not choosing a side at all. But I will make a slight judgment, and that is that drugs, money, alcohol and fame are a lethal concoction in any relationship. Especially if they make you shit in the bed. So who's actually suing who here, Melissa? Right, we'll take a couple steps back. From what I understand, Johnny took... Uh, in London, he took the Sun newspaper to court because they had a headline that said he was a wife basher mm-hmm. or whatever. He lost. It was a judge. It wasn't a jury, so it was one guy. And he said, you lost. There's enough evidence to prove that you were and you can't come back and um, appeal that decision. Okay. So in the meantime, while that was going on, he sued Amber for $50 million because of a um, – opinion piece she wrote in an article that claimed she was um, a victim of domestic violence. She didn't name him, but, you know, two and two comes up with four. And it was published in the Washington Post. The interesting thing is, I found, he's not suing the Washington Post. He's suing Amber Heard. So she's turned around and countersued and said, no, fuck you, I'm not a liar. 
might have shit in your bed, but I'm not a liar. <laughs> so they're in court. And I, this is just, they're mar- it's just an open slather bullshit. Oh. Johnny knows that in America this will be televised. I think there's, it's just a toxic. I mean, so many people are watching it. It might be a new series, like just Joe Bloggs. Yeah, air your dirty laundry. <laughs> it's like Judge Judy. I just think this is John, Johnny saying that, you know, it's cost him money and blah, blah, blah. He was dying in the ass before all this happened. His career was starting to go down a bit. I, just, I don't know. I, just, I think there's it's a toxic pool of sestuous crap. Mm-hmm. They're both probably as bad as each other. Take your marriage and... And be happy with Edward Scissorhands. Oh. <laughs> okay, let's forget America for a while because there's big things happening in Australia. Australia's so much better because guess know? what? Yeah. Paul Kelly, How to Make Gravy. It's being made into a film. <laughs> Isn't it the best? I love it's it. It's the best news. I think we chucked it on our Christmas podcast episode. Mm. It's one of our favourites. And I guess they're going to go with the man, Joe, being in jail, uh-huh. um, you know, sending a letter to Dan. And, you know, ironically, I have a son called Dan. His cousin's Joe. Gives his love to Angus, who's the other cousin. <laughs> and, yeah, it's all about the lead-up to their iconic Aussie Christmas and who's actually going to make the gravy. So Pedestrian wrote this article and they're – Hoping like hell that it's going to be released on December 21st and we can all really taste the fat. <laughs> we will be there for the premiere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We might go to our first premiere. Oh, we should. Uninvited, but whatever, we're going. That's not all the good news, is it? Oh, listen up, hornbags, and break out the cardinet because <gasps> Kath and Kim could be back on our screens. Get stuff. <laughs> Women's Day are reporting this. They say that the... Show could be returning next year on a streaming platform. What was your favourite bits? Um, oh, I love a bit of prude and fur. I can't like talking it. like that. And isn't it funny? Something <laughs> sparks us every now and then and we just get into the prude and prude. And God, I hope Sharon's still carving up the netball court and getting her fair share of pash rash on a Saturday <laughs> night. So crack open the Tia Maria ladies and put on some footy franks. And let's hope to Christ this room is true. We love to keep things real and raw, and I want to give a shout-out to golf's world number three player from New Zealand, Lydia Coe. She was given a bit of a rub-down during her match recently, and she was speaking to a reporter after the game, and he was sort of talking about the the impact of her um, potential injury, and, and she just said, no, it was, um, I got my period and, and things get twisted up. <laughs> and he just untwisted her. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and that's sometimes what happens. And the reporter went, okay, thank you, now it's over to you. <laughs> well done. We love you. We used to do a bit of a segment about what we were reading, watching and listening, and we kind of, kind of dropped off, didn't it? Anyway, we got busy. We did. So I'm just going to share what I've been reading and watching and listening. And I bought a book, which I haven't done in ages, and it's called Radically Content by Jamie Varon. Uh, I think I've shared something on our page that she's written before. I just love the way she writes and what she's got to say, and it's a little bit of the philosophy of 
uh, how this sort of started about, you know, embracing okay. where you're at. I think you'd really enjoy it. Okay. Anyway, I'll put it on my list. Put it on your list. Does she do audio? <laughs> or she might. That's what yeah. I'm into at the moment. Yes. Um, and I really miss reading and I always say that but I stupidly do not make the time to read, which leads me to what I've been watching. Have you been there? Uh, Down the rabbit hole of TikTok? Yeah, the old lady joined TikTok. <laughs> well, because <laughs> I was like, TikTok, that's a teenagers having seizures doing weird dances and crap. I'm like, I'm not into that. But, oh, my gosh. No, I have. minefield. It certainly is. <clears throat> and I love stand-up comedy and Getting a snippet from some of my favourite comedians and then discovering new ones has certainly kept me up a lot later than <laughs> I need to be. Um, as a family, uh, we've been watching The Voice. Yes. We all do. enjoy a good singing or talent show. It's quite amazing how we all turn into expert singing coaches while we sit on our asses with our out-of-tune voices and zero performance genes and judge the shit out of Tara. I'm 22 and I live in Sydney. And she tries to belt out a Whitney Houston song while wearing some hideous outfit that mum said she looked nice in. We are so harsh. (laughs) Also, I'm glad to say that the Smith family are in collective agreement that we all would like to slap Jessica Mowboy. Stop calling women sissy. What the fuck is that? I know it's supposed to be an Aboriginal term of endearment. No one else is Aboriginal. They don't understand. It's just bullshit. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't mind Jess, but there's a common theme here, and that's if you become a chair turner on The Voice, you're highly likely to irritate people unless you're Keith Urban. Oh, he can't irritate anyone. He's got a weird little lispy thing, but anyway. (laughs) It's endearing. I like it. (laughs) Look, I thought Delta Goodrum and her ridiculous flirting while she was forever on the verge of having her nipples out on TV, I thought she was annoying. But give me that cheesy grinning hair flipper any day over sissy mowboy. <laughs> and I thought it was kind of an Aboriginal kinship thing as well, Aboriginal women calling yeah. other Aboriginal yeah, yeah. women sister. But calling every female that takes the stage sissy, I mean, I get annoyed with it in day-to-day life, people overusing the same description for a range of different people. It's become really common, like sister, girlfriend, beautiful. Um, You know, I'm not being beautiful at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) And be fucked if I'm a princess. (laughs) What you talking about, beautiful lady? (laughs) What have you been listening to, Melissa? Well... Normally, I would sprout off some podcast recommendations, but I've been trading the pods for more music. I've dragged out some older stuff I haven't listened to for a while, pumped out the tunes on the way to work. That's the best. It's I've missed it. I lo- it's, yeah, it's silly how we don't do things that we love, and then you you know leave this big gap, and you do it, and then you. I think music is my meditation. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's a great mood lifter and I just forgot how much I enjoy music and loud music. I don't want soft music. I want good thumping hard. That sounds like <laughs> something else I enjoy. No. Oh, it's way too much information today. It Look, but it takes me back to some wonderful memories. It is, music's so powerful. And I saw the positive effect that music has uh, when I nursed in aged care. It is just so good for the brain and equally good for the soul. Oh, give me a solo car trip with the tunes pumping and <laughs> I'll always arrive at my best. But I have a bad a bad habit of when I'm in a melancholy mood to listen to melancholy oh, music. Oh, then you end up crying. Cr- I'm very emotional when it comes yes. to music. I cry when I watch The Voice. I'm <laughs> just ridiculous. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, 
I have just watched season two of Sweet Magnolias. It's a Netflix series. It's um, it's pretty placid, but sometimes you just need that easy, easy watching. Yeah, don't um, have to think too much. Based around the lives of three friends who solve all their problems by pouring it out over margaritas. Oh, uh, sounding familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and we had... A photo shoot last week. We did. That was a bit out of your comfort was, zone, wasn't it? It was a lot out of my comfort zone. I'm not overly comfortable at the moment. So to be in front of a camera is a bit uncomfortable. But Lucky we had the beautiful lucky Kath. Lucky the beautiful Kath from Catherine Leo Photography. Um, and she's known as Kath, but she'll always be Catherine because I knew her as a little person. And we... Um, you do go back yeah, a long we way. we do go back a long way. She was, unfortunately for her... The daughter of the principal. So oh. when, the, when the new kid who was, I was basically mute at that age, um, when the new kid started at school, I was seven, Catherine was a year older um, and she was in year three and I was in year two, she had the job of look after the new kid and mm. uh, she's been doing that she has for 40 years. She has done a good job <laughs> looking after the new kid. Thanks for looking after the new kid. Kath. And Catherine has done family photos for us years ago yeah. and, yeah, she's a familiar site around here. Lots of people get her back to do weddings and photos. Do. And she made us feel as comfortable as we could be, although we did get a bit of a wrap over the knuckles because we didn't pack a third glass. Oh, no, sorry. Jesus. We are so sorry, Kath. <laughs> So Tracy Starr joined us in episode 10, season one. She is, I don't know, a breast cancer warrior in my mind. Um, Mm. She's from our local area, Long Plains. Um, She's fought cancer most of her life. She battled lymphoma as a teen before being diagnosed with breast cancer in her 30s. She's endured more than 100 rounds of chemo and... After we interviewed her last year, she then applied and has been accepted to head off on an adventure of a lifetime to help raise money and awareness for her chosen charity, So Brave. It's the only breast cancer charity focused on women diagnosed before the age of 40. She's been selected as a cast member in an unforgettable six-day journey with the award-winning TV series Adventure All-Stars. And... As local podcasters passionate about bringing real-life content to women, Melissa and I are hosting an event to help Tracy on her journey and raise awareness of early breast cancer diagnosis. We're going to host an event late in August. We'll keep you posted, but um, we aim to have um, inspirational guest speakers for men and women. Often these kind of things are women-only events, Mm. but the men play a big part in supporting um, men can get breast cancer themselves and yeah it's important to us that everybody's involved so there'll be live music food and wine um, and of course our very own adventure all-star Tracy Starr so Tracy has to raise money for her chosen charity and she's got a a cut-off date she has to raise ten thousand dollars for so brave to be Eligible to go on the eligible show. Eligible to go on so, the show. And we, God damn it, we're getting you there, Tracy. We will get her there. And <laughs> Absolutely. you guys are going to help us, hopefully. We're, we're hoping to get some event sponsors on board um, so that all money raised can go towards Tracy's charity of choice. Um, but there's also another sponsorship option, which is pretty cool, I think, and it includes 
Brand exposure um, and commercial benefits, clothing worn on screen by Tracy um, with your logo on it if you're a business, mm. and inclusion in Adventure All-Stars media releases, PR campaigns, events, and social media posts throughout pre- and post-filming. Tracy's real passion is awareness for breast cancer. Um, we've heard her say over the last few weeks as we've been deciding upon fundraising ideas that mm. oh, I just want the awareness out there. If I don't get to make it to the show, that's okay. Oh, be stuffed. No, <laughs> we all, everyone that knows Tracy and we want to see her um, go on this adventure. Like yeah. it, it's amazing. Some of the stuff she's going to do is pretty like I wouldn't do it. I'm oh, a bit of a sook, but good on her. I yeah, think it's, it's going to be an amazing experience for her. It will be. And, and, yeah, and, and raise awareness at the same time, which is Tracy's focus. Yeah. And, and, and that's what we hope that our event, um, you know, will be the sort of culmination of our fundraising efforts. If we can get some people on board, some businesses or people that this charity is close to their heart. So if you want to be involved either as a sponsor of Tracy or um, – Or if you just want to find out a little bit more about it or how yeah. you can be involved, not necessarily as a sponsor but as some sort of, you know, help or assistance toward – reaching this goal then we'd love you to contact us and we'll put all of our contact details on our facebook and and in attached to this episode yeah as we record this uh we're a couple of days out from mother's day um i find mother's day a bit tricky because i don't have a mum um so i've always found a bit of a funny time of year and also it's always seeding so trends away not you know not around to uh, do what every mother wants and take the kids away and let me sleep. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one that <laughs> would relish in my own company mm, on Mother's Day. Yeah. Anyway, um, I got a lovely message from a friend of mine saying, Kath, it's Kath, Kath. We've Kath. already talked about Kath. Bold move, but we'd love to invite you to be an honorary Leo sister on Mother's Day, which was just gorgeous. I'm going down to see Clementine Ford with Catherine and her sister and her mum, who was a really special friend of my own mum. So that was, that's really nice. Um, but then my older sister, Jackie, uh, comes back with saying, I was thinking more a weird country mouse cousin, but okay, sister it is. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. It is, yeah. It's nice. <laughs> no, it is nice because I don't usually do anything um, really and it's something – Something different. I'll get to pop in and see Macaulay. But you got a bit of an eye roll when you told your daughter that you were doing that. She looked a bit shocked Mm. and a bit, oh, what are you doing? I actually haven't figured out what I'm doing with them yet. They might be sitting on the trailer with Trent. Yeah, well, I haven't had the best week of mothering this week, so I don't know. Mother's Day probably doesn't come at a great time for you. You're not feeling the the mother love. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, I think mothering... Involved. We deserve more than flowers. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> it's our tough Could I just day. have a day where I don't cry? Oh. That would be lovely. <laughs> because mums get a lot of tears, especially when they have teenagers and yeah. children with uh, extra needs. Extra needs. That's right. So, yeah, I would really just enjoy to be respected on Mother's Day. I would love a visit from my border collie. <laughs> Billy, who I'm missing, and, you know, to have my three kids here for a meal and have my mum here as well. So let's raise a glass of Cardinet to the mums and to everybody for listening to our 20th episode. Hello, 20. Hello. <laughs> it's been good. Yes. We haven't had a fight, you just said. I know. <laughs>
can't imagine that doing that. I know that's weird, but some people would. If we did, we'd record it and share it with you. <laughs> <laughs> Might happen one day. <laughs>